Hey, and welcome to 36 Weeks. Thirty-six weeks is a podcast meant to encourage teachers as we work, laugh, and imbibe together and get through the upcoming school year. I'm your host, and this is week two. You still with me? So it's week two. Week three. Kind of depends who you are and where you are. But for our purposes here, it's week two. If you're wondering, which I'm sure you probably aren't because you're pretty quick, but if you're wondering why this came out on Tuesday instead of Monday, well, it's because yesterday was Labor Day, and most teachers aren't working, at least at school, on Labor Day. If you're anything like me, I spent pretty much the entire day working, but I digress. My heart for this podcast from the beginning has been that it is a chance for you as you drink your coffee or walk your dog or slowly wake up on the beginning day of your week. I would much rather you feel like you're looking down a hallway of opportunities rather than looking down the barrel of a gun. And so as encouraging as I try to be for honestly anybody in any profession, but specifically teachers, I hope that this is a thing you can listen to that'll help you get through your week. But nonetheless, it's week two, you jabronis. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that you're able to still have a lot of purpose and a lot of malleability, as we've talked about in the past, and you're still finding value in the idea of a new beginning. Uh, Today, however, I'm going to be talking to you about patience, because I have, believe it or not, already found need for it, and it's something that I feel like we needed to focus on. So if you've been listening to this since day one, you know what's next, Uh, and as soon as my wife gets back from the grocery store... Her and I are going to read some thank yous and some shout outs for the people who have shared this last week's episode. So if you want to get on this thank you and shout out train, then please on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, however you can uh, share this podcast. It'd be greatly appreciated. Also, just real quickly, I'd like to continually give shout outs to uh, my former student, Brian, who did the cover art for this episode. If you want any contact information with him, I can help you out, get some good work from him. Also, all my background music is by Grex, an even older student of mine. You can find a link to his music in my show notes, but definitely try him out. Uh, As you can tell, he's very ambient, very, I'm going to say aromatic. I feel like I can smell the music. It's that good. Wake up. Hmm. Wake up, I forgot to do the thank yous. Well, I'm sleeping. No, I gotta do the thank yous. Wake up and read these with me. Okay. Okay, you go first. Read this. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck Pike. Chuck Pike. Pike. Do it. do it again. Chuck Pike. Thank you. Hannah Johnson. Thank you. Dad Johnson. Thank you. <laughs> Miguel Garcia the third, thank you, sir. Mom Johnson, thank you. Lisa Harper, lady after my own heart, thank you. Jess Harper, thank you. And Scarlett, my dear, thank you. 
Yay me! Yeah, you. I'll go back to sleep. Sorry. So as I mentioned before, I want to talk to you this week about patience. And I really didn't know how I wanted to bring it up. I was between quoting either Nas or 50 Cent here. But uh, nevertheless, as I was listening to both of their music, I was actually listening to Patiently Waiting. And it reminded me of a parable I once heard. However, the parable that I once heard about bamboo trees are what really signify kind of what I want to get across to you, especially... Anytime you're working with people, you're going to have to exude some patience. And anytime you're trying to teach people something or get them across a finish line, then that's even more patience because you really, and as the saying goes, can't, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. The annoying thing about patience is the only way to get better at it is to practice, which means you're having to practice being incredibly uncomfortable. But the parable of the bamboo tree really exhibits kind of the idea that I do want to get across for anybody that works directly with people. Because if you're working directly with people, then you're working with other personalities. Therefore, you're going to have to learn to be patient. And if you're working with people and you're trying to get them to do something for you, then that's going to require even more patience. And for teachers specifically, if you're working with people who you're trying to get them to do something that they don't even want to do and they don't want to be there and they're not collecting a check, yeah, your patience is going to have to be pretty high. So I want to share this parable with you that I'm hoping will really encourage you for this upcoming week to be patient with others. Now, if you've already heard this before, I'm really sorry, uh, but I find that more and more people haven't heard it, and so there's that. Uh, so if you imagine when you get a seed to grow a bamboo tree if you take that seed you bury it and you water it and you fertilize it and you kind of take care of it you will not see anything for the first year and then you continue to water and take care of it and fertilize it and you're going to see no signs of any sort of growth the second year and if you still have that same seed and you're still really devoted to growing it then you continue to fertilize you continue to water it, you continue to take care of it you won't see anything for that third year. And it continues. If you still have this bamboo pod that you buried, and you have watered it, and you have fertilized it, and you have loved on it and took care of it, you will still not see anything until the end of that fourth year. At the end of that fourth year, you'll see a little, just a little little bit of growth. It's like a little pod stick its head up out of the ground. And then in that time, you get I'm sure you get ecstatic, get super excited. So you're watering it a little, you're continuing to water it and you continue to take care of it and you continue to fertilize it. And in that next six weeks, on average, that bamboo is going to grow between 80 and 90 feet feet. Now, the question obviously that is always asked at the end of these things is, did the bamboo grow in six weeks? 
most people would say, no, of course not. It grew in four years and six weeks, so we have to wait. But here's the reality that I'm willing to acknowledge. It took me about a minute to tell that story. But it takes four years to experience that story. And that's not just four years of experiencing that story. That's four years of experiencing that story and seeing nothing to show for your work. And that's not even nothing to show from your work that you did once. It's work that you're continually doing and seeing zero recourse from it. So it kind of begs the question, you know, what, what does the bamboo tree teach us? Well, obviously it teaches us that whether we are able to see the fruits of our labor or not, our call is to keep doing it. So that kind of leads back to something we talked about a few weeks ago, which is why. What, what is that purpose and why you're doing it? And if you're result-driven, well, hopefully, you know, you're going to gauge a few things that you're doing based on results. But all in all, it is going to be difficult to look for a light switch moment constantly when you're teaching students. Or even more so than teaching students, but just working with people, you're not always going to see that growth when working with students this week I'll tell you that this week as you're working with students take that time to remind yourself and to remember that although you have 36 weeks and only have 36 weeks you still have a whole 36 weeks and there is time to get these foundational ideas especially at the beginning of the school year that you're trying to teach there is time to get the right things right and to get them there your job is not to drag them and push them across the finish line. The, the job is to teach them how to run. And for grade level to grade level, that might be <laughs> literal, right? But I know as I go back to my classes this week, there are going to be students there who don't want to be there. They're refusing to learn, whether that's because of a disability or because of a language barrier or because of socioeconomic reasons or just because they hate school. Whatever the reason... My job is not to force them to get good grades. My job is to do my best to meet them where they're at and then get them across this finish line. And if I don't see anything out of that until come May, and that is my that is my six weeks of growth like the bamboo tree, I'm okay with that because I'm not doing it for daily affirmation from them. So this week as you go back, Try to continue to teach yourself to be patient and utilize every every opportunity you have to get better at patience. See that as an opportunity to grow. Hey, so it's time for the highlight of the week. Um, I want to specifically highlight a teaching position that is very, very close to my heart, and that is inclusion teachers currently right now I have one inclusion teacher that I use uh, she's actually my third that I've ever had and by and large almost every inclusion teacher I've ever had has been phenomenal they take the stress that comes from my job uh, and and help just relieve it in so many different ways so if you don't know what an inclusion teacher is for those of you who are not in the education system because again I know this is mainly for teachers, but I got a lot of people that are listening because they're just great people and they love me and like to support me. But if you don't know what an inclusion teacher is, an inclusion teacher is somebody who knows that there are going to be special education students in your class, but realizes that they don't need to just all be by themselves in another room. They deserve to be intermingled with other students and learn kind of some of those ins and outs because not every kid who has help 
academically has to be you know ostracized from everybody else. So my inclusion teacher recognizes that. So she utilizes when we break out into work, they kind of become her group that she focuses on. And so for me, what that looks like is I can teach and I can bond and I can do a lot of things. But when it comes to how do I make sure that everybody's equally scaffolded, she kind of just takes care of that. And I'm able to bounce around the classroom, make sure my students are where they need to be, and then I can come back around and help in any way that I can. So I have so much love for inclusion teachers. Thank you so much for what you do. If you're one of those and you're listening to this, thank you for your dedication. Thank you for being willing to be supportive. Thank you for being willing to be in a supportive role that not a lot of people really gravitate towards. It definitely takes a special calling to be a good inclusion teacher and a good special ed teacher. So if that's you, I bless you. I thank you. You are you are so worthy of so much more than you probably receive in the realm of thanks and appreciation. And if you're a bad inclusion teacher, get better because we need more good ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's about all I have for you today. I hope that you're able to go forth, exhibit patience, and remember why you do the things you do. So I thought I'd let you eavesdrop on a conversation that I had this week with the Norrises about who their favorite teachers were. I hope you enjoy. Class dismissed. I want you to come tell me in 90 seconds or less about the greatest teacher you've ever had. No, it's okay. School teacher? Everybody always says that. Yeah, let's say school teacher. Greatest teacher That's it? That's <laughs> Can you really so not think of any good school teachers you have? Yeah, wherever. Let's say wherever. Why is he still, did y'all have just the worst teachers? Or maybe just all just amazing and he's like, this uh, one Or maybe they're all mediocre. Do you have two? Alright, we'll take, yeah, I'll take yours. What do you got? My first one was like sixth grade, like mm-hmm. reading teacher. She made us, she was really mean Thank at first, you. super mean. Mm-hmm. She made us read really hard stuff, she didn't take crap, she gave you bad grades, but then you felt like you like really earned it. Ah, or I did. I like that. I felt like really good in myself. And my second one was probably Miss Golden. We were like sophomore. Speaking of Golden. Magical two teachers kind of. I got proud, okay. I forgot y'all went to school together, I did too. too. <laughs> so, Ms. Golden, tell she me, threw me she out of her class and was like, if you, I forget what I did, but she was like, if you, you know, cause a distraction in my class one more time, I'm not calling your parents. I'm going to go to your coach. And I was like, no, please. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I, I played that card. I was brand new. I had, like, a lot of garbage classes because I transferred in from somewhere else, and so I hadn't taken all, like, Texas ninth grade stuff, and so I was a sophomore, and I was trying to go back and take ninth grade classes, which is, like, a major demotion. And so I was going to take class with Miss Golden, and I was good at math, and she was super nice to me, and I did really well. 